0: I think many in the channel community also had to learn all new skills. I mean, such as SEO, SEM, and, and and social selling to you know fill that funnel.
1: Hello, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Channel Voices, the podcast for future channel leaders, where we learn the ins and outs of partner ecosystems through casual conversations with channel professionals from a variety of industries, partner types and geographies. My name is Maciek and I'm your host. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with the Vice President Global Channel Partnerships at Everbridge. She has worked in the channel for over five years and will dive into her experience of launching new channel during the COVID-19 pandemic. Jasmina Mueller. Welcome to Channel Voices.
0: Thank you very much. I'm very honored and, and pleased to have be on the podcast. Thank you.
1: Jasmina, um, in 2020, you have actually launched Channel at Everbridge. Um, before we go into the topic and what that experience was like during the pandemic, maybe we could start with you telling us what are the most important components to consider when launching a channel.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, especially during a pandemic, launching a whole new channel. So, um, you know, as vice president of channel partnerships for Everbridge, um, I lead our efforts basically to build a world-class channel program and help our partners and end users gain resilience um, and thrive, especially now as they prepare for the new normal in the post-pandemic world. So, you know, when launching our channel program last year, we literally found it essential to work closely together with those partners to drive that successful outcome. Um, we literally did this by focusing on developing you know, the partner program and activating enablement best practices. But we also found that while that enablement needs um, of our partners didn't change dramatically during that pandemic, we did deliver them you know, other, uh, other ways of kind of going around that. So we moved to a much more automated and convenient virtual model. Um, and to kind of give you some background, you know, what Everbridge does is, is we offer that critical event management software application that we automate, you know, we accelerate the organizational uh, operational response to any type of natural disaster, uh, man-made or digital crisis that we literally call critical events. And what that does is it, it keeps people safe and businesses running. And that kind of gives that feeling for those partners, like, wow, this is a whole new way of kind of going out there and, and taking that step forward for their customers. So, you know, in our industry, the channel maintains those deep relationships with many of the enterprise, mid-market, small business and government clients. And, you know, they rely on everything to bring that best solution and, and, and deliver that in a way that the overall technology stack. So our partner experience overall includes all of the elements of a five-star channel program. Um, and like I said, it includes the onboarding, the training, the product readiness, the sales and deal support, as well as technical um, expertise to support more complex deals. So we've rapidly adapted just like our partners have.
1: Right. Perfect. And in terms of um, launching it during the pandemic, what have you seen as being the main challenges um, when launching a partner program? Maybe not designing it because you already, you know, you do, you do have a team, so you're yeah. designing it together. But when going out to the partners, when recruiting them, signing partnerships, have you seen any um, challenges um, during that period?
0: I think the pandemic's impact um, on the businesses and, you know, and and other organizations, I mean, it cannot be overstated. I mean, the need to shift to remote work practically overnight, the uh, disruptions in the supply chains and and other compounding events like the cyber attacks um, and severe weather uh, served as a, you know, literally it served as few notable examples of the challenges that our partners and their end users faced um we supported and continue to support organizations recovery from that black swan event that we called the the you know the covid virus um and our channel program continues to serve as a means of delivering on that mission of keeping people safe and organizations running um throughout the pandemic though partners needed to you know rapidly evolve uh their business strategy both from a vendor perspective um and from a customer perspective so I think a lot of the innovative tech companies like Everbridge um, that responded to that emerging and changing market with the strong SaaS solutions that address the customer's need to protect their assets, uh, coupled with their strong marketing programs, um, literally helps generate that demand in a fully digital world, which remained the best position for that future. So you know, there was a lot of things, but I think the main thing here is we were always there for the channel partner community just to help them out.
1: Okay. So um, I suppose challenges like anywhere else, right? And yes, like you said, pan- the pandemic had impact on pretty much every business out there. Have partners changed in terms of how they operate and what their needs are when working with vendors?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, the face-to-face meetings. Um, honestly, they. <laughs> are, <laughs> I mean, you know this from a from a partner community perspective, even, you know, going direct with customers, it's that face-to-face meeting. It went literally to a halt. It was replaced by those virtual pitches. It was, you know, uh, uh, everybody had to adapt to this new model almost overnight. A lot of companies who are more in-house, in the office, literally had to, within days, try to figure out how are they going to get back to business. Um, I think many in the channel community also had to learn all new skills. I mean, such as SEO, SEM and 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 social selling to you know fill that funnel while also learning new solutions to help their customers you know make sense of a remote work and condition based world. I mean you and I both know from a partner community we've always been remote but we still had that ability to go out and do face to face meetings with our partners to really understand you know what are some of those initiatives that they're trying to Uh, come down with their customers. So going from face-to-face to to -to face-to-video conference, that's a huge, huge task in itself. You kind of get, as people would say, I'm video out. I'm I'm done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And we we all experienced the webinar fatigue and, and everything else that went with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so these were, I suppose, some negative impacts, right? So not having that face-to-face interaction with partners. But is there anything that possibly has positively surprised you when interacting with partners during that period?
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah. I think, you know, one of the most positive things for me remains that working for a company with the mission of keeping people safe um, and organizations running during events like the pandemic. In 2020, um, just to kind of give you some uh, background, Everbridge customers, this is the part that I was shocked with, Everbridge customers used its SaaS platform to send more than like, I think it was 5 billion communications, which was a 30% increase compared to three and a half billion communications in 2019. So that's huge. That tells you that pandemic really hit hard in trying to communicate whether it was the pandemic, weather related, natural disaster, you you name it, but it literally increased by 30%. So that kind of tells you what's going to happen going forward. Um, On a personal note, I've also noticed that that, uh, some of the changes um, driven by this pandemic freed up time for people to be there with their families. I think after being home for a year, and I mean being home because I used to travel on a weekly basis, you get to learn more about your family. Now, a lot of people are probably going to laugh and go, oh my gosh, yeah, positive and negative. I think from a positive perspective, so honestly, I've got two teenagers Um, one is a 19 year old boy who started college, who was supposed to go to Michigan state COVID happened, he has to go local. And then my daughter, who's about to be 16, who I've seen in this past year grow into such a young, mature, talented little girl that I still consider my little girl, but it's amazing just to see some of that change that you, that you, you know, couldn't see while traveling. So I think, you know, Most of all, the pandemic served as a catalyst, uh, you know, for more boards like C-level executives to recognize the importance of this critical event management that happened um, specifically around the pandemic and the benefits that we at Everbridge offer, you know, to help those organizations build businesses, um, their resiliency and, and protect revenues from various threats. So, you know, personal and business, there was quite a few positives from there.
1: Perfect. That's very good, and like you said, yes, that extra time to that that you that you had to hand to spend with your family, um, oh, and yeah. that's obviously positives. I think that everybody recognizes. Obviously, there are some negatives to it as well. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, so much time together, <laughs> it can oh, spark gosh. some conflicts as well. However, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially however, with dogs, <laughs> <laughs> right, and. So from, from that experience, so going through designing and launching the partner program, launching the full channel, signing new partners, onboarding them, what were, what were the kind of t- key takeaways that you believe are, will be applicable in the post-pandemic world?
0: I honestly, you know, there's so many things I think of when it when it comes to that. It's, you know, the one main lesson I think to consider um, in applying is it remains that the agile change work environment that we enhanced and embraced and found a way to work in. Um, for example, prior to the pandemic, most firms did not think that, you know, they could let employees work from home and still have a positive customer experience. Now, remote work is the norm. I mean, you think about that. I've, I've been looking on... LinkedIn, so many companies now, large companies like Google, Amazon, all of those are literally sitting there saying they're going to start letting people work from home because they've seen that they can still do the same job in most cases with, you know, some of the the individuals. But uh, you you think about the lessons and what they mean for the future, you know, of work and business resiliency. I would encourage people um, uh, uh, in the next, I think it's in the next month, to come and join and listen to our upcoming Everbridge COVID-19, Road to Recovery. Uh, It's a virtual symposium that's gonna occur on May 26th and 27th. Um, And the big thing here is, because our past few symposium, we've had some pretty interesting keynotes. Um, And I can actually say in this feature keynote address, we're gonna have the 42nd President of the United States, Bill Clinton, and Chairman and Editor-in-Chief of Forbes Media, Steve Forbes. Um, And it's going to include literally presentations from other world leaders, health experts, um, C-suite executives from different industries and geography. So it kind of gives you an idea of what we're also kind of taking a look at post pandemic um, and how we're going to go ahead and get to that new norm, which is working from home, hybrid office. So, um, you know, for anybody that wants to get more information, they know where to find me on LinkedIn and I can send them all the registration for that.
1: Perfect. We also include um, a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, so people oh, can perfect. just scroll down and and click on it, and it'll take them directly to your page. Um, Great. Excellent. So, um, how how many partners do you have within within your ecosystem today?
0: Oh my gosh, they could probably find all of that um, on our website. We have quite a few. I mean, we have like I run the channel organization. Um, and when I say that I run the traditional where it's the master agencies and then the distribution model that we're adding this year. Um, and then we've got on my peer side on the alliances side, we've got, gosh, hundreds of different types of partners, anything depending on, you know, security or travel industry, things of that nature that we go ahead and partner um, together. So they can find a lot of that information on our website at everbridge.com. Right.
1: Perfect. Excellent. And in terms of your partner program and how you set this up obviously with so many different partners and each partner having each type of partner i suppose having different needs and work differently go after different verticals different types of customers how has that shaped the the actual channel program
0: i don't know if i would say that it would shape the overall partner program i think we're open to taking a look at seeing all the different partners that um, require uh, putting solutions in place for their customers. We're always open to hearing about what their business um, entails as a partner and see how we fit together. Because a lot of times partners will turn around and say, well, this doesn't fit my business. Um, Not just that we wouldn't say that they don't fit our business. I think it really depends upon what they bring to the table. And I think we've had, it's interesting, in the year that I've been here, a little over a year, um, every day we talk to new partners and every day we see something that the partners can bring to the table, um, both, you know, for us as well as them. So my answer is come on over, talk to me, let me see what I can do to go ahead and provide the you know right solution for their customers.
1: Yeah, I, that that's perfect. And I would absolutely agree with that answer. The, it is about partnerships, right? Both parties have to bring something to the table exactly, and see yeah. how they, how they can help each other and obviously in the end help, um, help their customers.
0: Definitely. That's, I mean, I think the number one uh, solution and goal for both the partner and the vendor is making sure that the end user, the customer, um, has the right fit and right need for their business as they grow.
1: And Jasmina, there's one question that I absolutely love asking, um, on every single episode. I ask that every single guest, um, and the background to that Can question here
0: now. What, what now what's this question going to be
1: <laughs> And the background to that question is that a lot of people a lot of channel professionals didn't go into the channel with a with a conscious decision, as in I came out of college and I want to go and work with channel partners, right? People nope. end up in channel one way or another, or they're being pulled into it because of certain things that they have done within the company. so with that in mind. What's the one thing you wish you knew before you started your career in channel?
0: Great question. Um, and you're absolutely correct. I didn't just you know want to go into the channel. Um, for those that know me, I came from the direct side. 20 plus years in the direct side. I was a frontline um, sales individual, moved up you know to management director. and it happened one year about five years ago. Um, I was approached by my mentor, uh, John Delosier. And he just said, he goes, Hey, I think you should, you know, come over to the channel and very good at explaining how it was. You know, it, you, you look at it in the, in the, in the channel, literally it fosters that customer relationship on multiple levels. Um, you know, you've got that uh, customers that trust those partners to be the technology agnostic voice for the vendors. You've got that layer that really looks into the trust, the relationship that's built. And then you've got the direct sales side that has the knowledge of the product of the cut of the company and what have you, you kind of put those two together, you marry them together. You've got a force to be reckoned with. Um, And so when I kind of had that approach of you should come over to the channel or what some people used to say, come over to the dark side. um, It made me laugh. I'm like, what the heck is a dark side? Um, And there is no such thing. I literally can't say, how enthusiastic and how much more of everything that's changed working within the channel partner community you've built a completely new family a new foundation around a family that you can trust and vice versa Um, you know the partners take this seriously and they select you know the best solutions in the partner programs to ensure that their businesses can deliver what's needed for their customers and that's what it's about in making sure you do what's right for those customers Um, And then finally, vendors, you know, they cannot buy their partner's business with spiffs or contests. They need to earn it with trust and zero friction in your program, um, which we continue to expand on daily. So, you know, overall, the channel exemplifies a relationship-based business um, and partners need their vendors to truly remain invested in their success and evolution. Once you do that, You know, as a vendor, supplier, what have you, you grow their business, your business is going to grow based on referrals, relationship, anywhere you go from a channel community to another vendor, you're going to have them follow you. You do that and you're going to succeed in the channel no matter what. So I'm excited. Um, You know, like I said, I've only been in the channel literally directly about five, six years. But even when I was on the direct sales side, I always worked with partners. It was just, it was like a daily thing i never thought twice about it um and i'm glad i've been in it for the last few years so i look forward to seeing what more the channel partner community is going to have going forward but it's one of the best things i've done in my in my uh, career
1: fantastic that that's a um, fabulous answer and it it really comes across how passionate um you are about the channel and um, oh yeah what's your favorite <laughs> what's your favorite part um of working with the channel
0: You know, like I said, it's a family. It's another family. I don't feel like it's work. I don't feel like it's um, a job. I feel like it's just my day to day. Um, Just like normal, you know, when you're with your friends and family having fun, and yet you have those serious conversations, you literally to make sure that you can differentiate, you know, the fun and and the work life. But it's, you know, that work life balance. Um, kind of falls into it. I think the biggest thing is, is literally I can text or call any of my partners and ask for their, you know, advice on stuff that I'm doing and they'll come right back and be honest with me. That is what it's about. That's that relationship. It's that trust that they know I can come to them and they can come to me. Um, And I don't think I would ever change that in any part of my career.
1: Excellent. And if you had one piece of advice for someone who would want to transition maybe from the direct side to the dark Mm -hmm. side, right? (laughs) The dark side, the channel. And the dark side. (laughs) What what advice would you give them?
0: I would, first and foremost is, you know, a lot of people from, whether it's the direct sales side or the channel side, you're working hard regardless. You're always working hard to get things done. I would say though, once you come into you know the channel community, you got to take take a look at it now from a single opportunity level to a business opportunity level. There's so much more out there. You, you're from a sales side, you have a list of accounts to work on. From the channel side, you have a list of partner businesses who have multiple accounts. So your first and foremost is, are you ready to step into a broader range of um, management? you know, uh, uh, from a channel uh, partner community uh, basis. And on top of that, you know, you got to take a look at making sure you are ready to go ahead and start relationship building versus opportunity building. That's the first and foremost. If you can't build a relationship to understand what your partner's initiatives are before you get into the opportunity, you won't make it. I And I say that upfront and honestly, because you need to understand what they do as a business, how they differentiate themselves amongst their pack, And what do they need to do to go ahead and grow their business within their clientele um, list that they have? As you start to build that trust and relationship with those partners, I can tell you right then and there, you'll start to understand and be the extension of that partner's business. They won't see you as just a supplier. They'll see you as an advocate. They'll see you as a friend. And oh, by the way, maybe even you'll understand to see what their family's like. I mean, that's the big thing. Like I said, it's a family you know about them you'll eventually meet their you know family their kids their dogs their cats you name it um but it's it's literally you've got to have that mindset of taking it baby steps don't think you're going to start seeing opportunities right away you're going to have to start to build that relationship that core trust really understand how they work as a business
1: fantastic thank you very much that was that was a fabulous answer and i i can yep. i can absolutely hear that you recommend people to go over and and try try themselves in channel working with partners yep. but it does take a maybe not necessarily a personality but a set of skills when it comes to developing relationships right and not being interested in only pushing the product that you're selling as a vendor to your partners but to understand how these partners operate and what is top of mind for them
0: definitely, and,
1: and tie it back to what you're doing, right?
0: Oh, yeah, and I think key there is passion. You have to have a passion to enjoy what you're doing. if you don't do that then you, you're you're literally going to consider it as a job, and like I said, I don't consider it as a job. I consider it a passion to understand my partner's business and and their personal life too, so
1: great stuff, fantastic. Jasmina, thank you so much for being a guest on channel voices. We do Thank hope you. we get you again as a guest. Come on once oh. that whole once that whole pandemic is over and we go back to the new normal and then we get to chat what that what that has been, what that transition has been like, if anything has changed and how creative you as a vendor and your partners have become around um, continuing business.
0: That would be wonderful. I think, not even think, I would love to come back and see how things um, you know, work over the next few months. Um, but thank you very much for having me. I was very honored um, to be on the show and, and I wish you luck as well with any others.
1: Pleasure is all mine. And again, thank you very much. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode. I do hope you found it valuable. And if you did, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review you can also follow Channel Voices podcast on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook or just visit channelvoices.com where you can send me a message or leave a voicemail. All of the links are listed in the show notes and once again I appreciate you tuning in today. Until next time.